Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 118 of How I Built It. Today, I'm talking to Yuri Popov of Keep Solid. He is the customer success manager there. And uh, Keep Solid is best known for its VPN app, which is uh, a really good product to talk about nowadays with all the privacy issues. But he talks a lot about, uh, first of all, I mean, keeping customers happy, but also the evolution of the product uh, from its inception up through, uh, you know, uh, some of the revelations like uh, 2013's Snowden revelations and things like that. Um, he offers a lot of really good advice on customer service uh, and uh, how you can best serve your base. So, uh, and just like last week, I am going to, at the end of this episode, uh, continue my story of how I'm building my course, Launch Your Podcast, in three days. So be sure to stick around till the very end. Uh, but let's get to the interview right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Plesk. Do you spend too much time doing server admin work and not enough time building websites? Plesk helps you manage servers, websites, and customers in one dashboard, helping you do those tasks up to 10 times faster than manually coding everything. And let me tell you, I recently checked out their new and improved WordPress toolkit, and I was super impressed by how easy it was to spin up new WordPress sites, clone sites, and even manage multiple updates to themes and plugins. With the click of one button, I was able to update all of my WordPress sites. I was, again, incredibly impressed by how great their WordPress toolkit is. You can learn more and try Plesk for free at plesk.com slash build. That's plesk.com slash build. Today, my guest is Yuri Popov, the customer success manager at Keep Solid. Yuri, how are you today? Hi, Joe. Thanks. Uh, I'm fine. And thanks for having me on your show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Uh, so we're going to be talking about... Uh, exactly what Keep Solid is, and a little bit about the VPN market in general, right? So, um, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about Keep Solid and uh, what you do? Yeah, sure. So, the Keep Solid is an IT company. We create security and productivity solutions for businesses and personal use. Currently, we have some seven products in our portfolio. For example, uh, the recent releases are the electronic signature app. Keep Solid Sign, and the app for strategic planning roadmap planner. Uh, however, we are mostly known for our flagship product, which is Keep Solid VPN Unlimited, and it already has over 10 million users worldwide. To be more specific, uh, VPN Unlimited is a security solution that creates an encrypted tunnel, and all users' data travels through it which means uh, that all data that the user sends or receives uh, is hidden and protected from hackers, sniffers, spies, and etc. This so-called tunnel is established between the user's device and one of VPN Unlimited servers that are located in more than 70 regions around the globe. And uh, thanks to the variety of those servers, the app also helps to hide your geographic location and IP address uh, which is useful when you want to surf the web without any restrictions or limits. Basically, 
it doesn't matter where you are on a business trip or vacation, using the VPN Unlimited, you will have access to your favorite web resources, even in regions with strict internet censorship, like China or Russia or United Arab Emirates. But, gotcha. Uh, yeah, but speaking of the beginning of our history, actually VPN Unlimited was not the product we started with. Uh, Keep Solid as a company was established in 2013, and the first product we launched was the photo transfer Wi-Fi that uh, made it possible to transfer photos and videos between iOS devices, laptops, and other mobile, mobile platforms within the Wi-Fi network. Because back then, uh, you could do this only by connecting your phone to your computer via iTunes, for example. Mm. And, and this app uh, had worked successfully for three months until the cloud services appeared. <laughs> yeah, and that's why our CEO, Vasily Ivanov, always says that making products to solve a specific problem on just a device, like an iPhone, it's a bad, bad idea, actually. And you should make products for people instead. Because uh, as soon as, let's say, Apple works out the problem that your app solves, uh, the world will not need you anymore. Just remember those apps uh, where you could control the flashlight on your phone. Once Apple added this feature to their control center, nobody needs those apps any longer. So as a result, we decided not to create apps only for iPhone and started working on VPN Unlimited service, which had to solve people's problems. Gotcha. Yeah. And that, that makes perfect sense, right? So there's a few things that you said there that I want to kind of uh, touch on, right? Um, one is just the general idea behind a VPN, uh, which stands for Virtual Private Network. And there are a lot of uses to that, right? Like if I'm at a Starbucks on an open network, and I'm doing, uh, you know, if I'm doing like banking or, or maybe banking is a, a bad example because everything's encrypted anyway. But if I'm doing something that I wouldn't want the rest of the people in that Starbucks to, to know I'm doing, right? If I'm like working on um, like a top secret transcript for, for a video I'm working on, um, a VPN is, is something that will, will help me with that, right? It'll keep my traffic on an open network private. And then it'll also allow me to, to uh, a, a perfect example is I was in Mexico a couple of weeks ago and I really wanted to watch Scrubs on Hulu, uh, but Scrubs on Hulu is geographically locked only to the United States. Uh, so I was able to use a VPN. I don't know if this is legal. Uh, I was able to use a <laughs> VPN uh, to uh, basically connect through California and watch Scrubs that way. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Initially, the VPN technology was created to protect data that is being transferred from point A to point B. And that's why people are using it to, not, not specifically to hide the data from someone, but to protect it. So when you're, like you said, in a Starbucks and, for example, want to make some online payments and entering your credit card details on the web page, you definitely want to keep this data protected. That's why you need to use VPNs. And uh, as for streaming services, uh, the, the VPN services as they are right now uh, with the VPN servers located in different countries, 
work like uh, proxy servers. So you get the IP address from the from a country that you are not actually in. So you can get access to some web resources that are not allowed from your real location. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And so there are a lot of different, um, uh, you know, there are a lot of different applications for a VPN. Uh, this is especially useful if you're using a website that doesn't use HTTPS or something like that. But um, the other thing that I wanted to touch on was the fact that your founder and CEO said making products to solve a single problem uh, on a single platform is a bad idea. And I, I think that's such a great point to make because we've seen it time and time again with Apple, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Apple, Apple adds features uh, from popular apps either, you know, because they think they can do it better or they like the fact that somebody else has done it. Um, and they want to integrate it themselves. And, and Apple's not the only one, right? Other people, other companies do that too. And so, uh, right, you, you shouldn't hinge your entire business on this thing that the native platform can do, you know, probably quickly and cheaply. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, so when, when, that, when that happened, uh, your, your uh, app was great for a few months and then Apple rolled out their own version of it um, and you decided to do a VPN. What kind of research went into this idea? What made you want to do a VPN? Well, uh, remember 2013, it was a year of Snowden revelations. Uh, and uh, at that time, the world became extremely concerned about government surveillance programs and private data protection. So it was obvious that VPNs were on the rise, and we just thought, why not to take part in this race? <clears throat> the initial research we made was quite simple, actually. We analyzed uh, the actual competitors and saw that most of them were taking money for traffic or connection speed, so like offering the service with some limitations. And we decided not to limit anything in our app, but to take money for a subscription to the service, hence the name Unlimited, because we limited neither traffic nor bandwidth. And gotcha. we, we launched uh, VPN Unlimited on iOS with only two VPN servers available. And in less than one year, the user base grew up significantly and the app became a flagship in our product company portfolio. As of 2013, I believe VPN Unlimited was among a few VPNs that limited neither traffic nor bandwidth. And by the way, I've started my career at KeepSolid as a customer service representative, actually. And uh, I clearly remember how quickly we went from servicing 20 customers per day to 4,000 customers in just one year. So the, wow. change, the changes we made uh, brought us a huge success. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm actually very keen to learn about um, how you scaled that up, and perhaps we could talk about that uh, in the in the title question. Uh, you know, how did you build up your customer service flow? But uh, I do during the research phase of this interview, I do want to ask you about something that uh, you mentioned in kind of the the pre-interview, or we talked about in the pre-interview, 
Uh, and that was discovering fake VPNs in the app store, right? Because uh, by by virtue of the technology, a VPN is something that is grabbing all your traffic, essentially, and doing something with it, right? It's taking everything that you're sending from your machine, sending it to a proxy server before it goes off to its final destination. And so there, it, there can be a big security risk there, right? Where somebody could be hijacking your data. Is that what you were finding in the app store? Uh, yeah, uh, that's. Uh, I'm not uh, think it's like a security risk, but it can play a bad uh, thing for your reputation. Like, and uh, yeah, of course, we have came across uh, a few fake VPNs in our practice. The point is, some guys developed a VPN service that looked exactly like ours and uploaded it to the App Store. They even made it similar to ours as possible. Uh, same colors, nearly the same logo, and the same name was, uh, I mean, the same words were used in their name, like VPN Unlimited, but they changed their order in some ways. Uh, and they even used our customer support email as their contact. So at some point, wow. yeah, at some point, our customer support started receiving a bunch of complaints from our supposed clients. And they were like, your service is bad, it doesn't match the description, and etc. They were complaining for the service that was not provided by us. <laughs> and uh, we actually quickly investigated the situation, identified our clones, and filed a complaint to App Store. And after a while, these VPNs were removed from the store. However, you know, Joe, such cases still happen from time to time, so like, we stay alert. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what advice could you offer to people who um, like, is there a way that I could, if I'm looking for your app in the app store, if I could properly vet it and make sure uh, that it is the right app? Uh, you know, uh, the thing is that if you're, let's say like famous and known, well-known product. Uh, you should expect that someone will try to use your reputation and uh, just monitor the market and <laughs> just gotcha. keep the situation. Gotcha. So it's it's really up to the app maker to make sure, you know, once they get to a certain size that no one's trying to uh, kind of hijack their app and hijack their users. Yeah, right. Gotcha. And so it, it sounds like, and, and uh, this will kind of be the last line of questioning, the last question in this line of questioning. Um, it seems like, or it sounds like you discovered this because they used your customer support address. And so what somebody emailed you and said, Hey, I'm having a problem with this app. And, and, and you discovered it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That was the main signal for us. Like uh, we were just like one day we were, we started getting a lot of complaints and we just started to find out what happened and discovered that there is another app on the app store looks that looks like ours just almost the same gotcha gotcha cool well thanks for that information that's that's really interesting to me um i i think we see a lot of that going around now and I, and i'm primarily in the WordPress space. And so you see people taking open source code and repackaging it as their own or selling it for very cheaply. And so I know a lot of developers who listen to this can relate to the problems that you're seeing um, as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's not only happens in IT. 
I mean, like there are a lot of fakes of Nike, Adidas, and <laughs> I think yeah. we can find such cases in every market domain. Yeah, absolutely. You'll see the the fake, uh, you know, like the Louis Vuitton, where it's like a W instead of a V yeah, or something. That's um, exactly, that's exactly yeah. what I mean. <laughs> cool. Uh, so. Something else that you mentioned was you remember when you went from like 25 customers to like 4,000 over the course of a year. And now you said you have what, uh, some, uh, some order of magnitude more than that, right? Yeah. So uh, what was it like? Like, as I ask, how did you build it? Right. Uh, You're Mm. a customer success manager. I'm interested in hearing how did you build your customer support platform? Well, the customer support platform. Or like, so, how did you, how did you scale up your customer support? Uh, you know, when we started five years ago, uh, the team was very small. And uh, like when I joined the team, there were only two customer representatives. And uh, because of the small uh, amount of customers at that days and but uh, when we started to notice that the amount of our users is growing uh, we just like (laughs) started to uh, grow our support team and uh, when when we were starting we were using just the email channels and the like simple mail client on macOS and after that, when the when there appeared a lot of uh, ca- channels uh, that customers could use to contact us, uh, we started trying different platforms to receive customer feedbacks and other things. But uh, thank goodness uh, those days are gone, and right now there is a big team of experts working on this. This episode is brought to you by Pantheon. Starting a new project? Looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for your WordPress sites, plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to Pantheon.io today again to set up a free account. Pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. Are you using uh, any specific specific tools to help you manage a bigger support team? Uh, help Scout is popular in the WordPress space. Is there something else that you use? Yeah, actually, our customer support team uses Zendesk platform to collect all the requests from users from different channels like from emails, Facebook uh, pages, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and others. 
Wow. So does Zendesk do that automatically? Like you connect your social channels and then it pulls in support requests or is somebody actually like checking these and then putting them in Zendesk for the support team? No, everything is being made automatically. You just, uh, at the the very start, you integrate all your accounts within the Zendesk. I mean, your Facebook, Twitter and other channels. And uh, then all the requests uh, going from these different channels, they're being collected in a single queue. And uh, you can just answer all the requests going from different channels just one by one in a single queue. That's, wow. that's that- much more convenient than using just an email. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially because Twitter is a very common, at least a common way for me to reach out to support teams. And, um, you know, if if I can't find the normal channel or if like the normal channel isn't working, I've been in a situation where I've emailed a company and three weeks goes by with no words, with like no response. And, uh, and then I'll tweet them once and they respond more quickly. So uh, it's great that you have a tool that can kind of make sure it all gets aggregated into one place. Yeah, we actually just trying to utilize as many incoming channels uh, as we can, just to make sure that people will anyway get in touch with us. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And so, um, you, so you have this, you've scaled uh, your support team was scaling the app similar like like uh, you know as you as you built out uh the VPN or the VPN app um is that as reliant on like a bunch of concurrent traffic as say a website or or were you just like super happy to see like oh millions of people are using this VPN now uh, <laughs> no we just uh, of course we were happy to see that uh, <laughs> There were so many people interested in our product, but we were were understanding that we now had to work harder, like (laughs) to serve all of them. Gotcha. Cool. And um, as as we kind of approach, um, you know, as as we as we kind of talk through the rest of this interview, um, is there anything more that you want to say about how like how you built out? the app itself um you know did you as the customer success manager and being on customer support uh did you work closely with the development team to fix bugs to add features and things like that Mm, you know yeah i mean in our company uh, we think that the developers like and qa team should work together closely together because there are a lot of things they can discuss just sitting next to each other. And that's very beneficial for both of them, for both those departments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And was there a feature that got rolled out that you were excited to see because you knew that it was a strain on like the customer support area? Actually, there were a lot of features uh, and, as a as a customer centric company, we always listen to requests from our users, and we like think they they are best advisors to us. Uh, we pay attention to all the feedbacks we receive, and uh, 
if some of our users' wishes or complaints coincide, that's like an indication for us that the app is missing a key element or needs an update. And that's actually how our trusted networks feature appeared, which allows people to whitelist some Wi-Fi connection that they think absolutely secure and uh, where they don't need the VPN connection to be enabled. Or another example is streaming services. Uh, they occupy a special place among the requests we receive from our users, like uh, Netflix and others. Remember when Netflix announced a crackdown on VPNs? Yes. Yeah, the many VPN services have given up on fighting against the streaming giant. And we also face this issue. But today we are happy to say we overcame it. And uh, even though it is a cat and mouse game, the good news is that we now provide access to the biggest streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, BBC Player, and others. Just to summarize, we measure customer satisfaction and sometimes frustration every time we update the app. Of course, it's impossible to implement all the suggestions and address all the concerns we receive, but really good ideas and requests from users are always highly ranked on our list of plans. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'll say, like, I'm... I'm very happy to hear about the streaming services uh, that you were able to come up with a solution for that because it's, it's, I understand why Netflix would do it, right? They have certain deals with um, the content creators that maybe you're yeah. only allowed to stream this content. But as a U.S. citizen, you know, if I'm traveling somewhere and I want to watch content that I would normally have access to because I'm in the United States. 99.9% yeah. of the time, you know, it, it would be nice to be able to access that. Or like, um, when I was, uh, I was in Mexico for the, the, uh, major league baseball playoffs. Right. And I really wanted to watch that game. A VPN helped me watch the game, uh, which I wasn't in the Yankee game specifically. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the Yankees any other way besides through the help of a VPN, which is, which is nice to be able to do that. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I can, like, slightly understand that, uh, for example, Chinese government, uh, due to their people and uh, don't doesn't allow to access, like, Facebook. But when an American guy travels to China and cannot access his favorite, like, Netflix show or Facebook page, that's not the right thing. And that's where the VPN can help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so while we're while we're wrapping up this section, um, I do want to ask. I guess it was earlier this year, as we record this, is twenty eighteen. Um, the I don't know how familiar you are with United States politics. I don't know if you're located in the the U.S. I'm actually try try to stay away from politics. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's that's smart. Um. But, uh, you know, the FCC here in the United States, or the FCC, right, in the United States, ruled to kind of repeal net neutrality. That's like a yeah. hot button issue. And I know that uh, right around that, the time that happened, VPNs got very popular. Did you notice an uptick in sales or downloads or anything like that because yeah. of net neutrality? Yeah, and uh, this is not the only case, actually. Every time when... In USA or in Brazil, when they block the WhatsApp, we can, we notice uh, a 
significant rise of the registration in our system. Just <laughs> when people are not allowed to do something, they're trying to find some ways to bypass it. Right, yeah. When 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 something happens in the news and people think they're gonna lose something they have, they go through yeah. the you know, the channels they need to. So cool. Very cool. Well, uh, as we wind down this interview, I do want to ask you, um, um, you know, this is kind of like a, a, a question that has like two sides of the same coin. What's one of the major transformations that uh, VPN unlimited went through and what are your, that you, that you like, or that you're really proud of and what are your plans for the future? Uh, the major transformations, uh, I cannot say that VPN Unlimited transformed into something different. It's just been growing fast and changing better to fit our clients. Uh, like, as I mentioned, uh, we started in November 2013 with VPN Unlimited available only on one platform, iOS, and with only two VPN servers. One was in Netherlands because it was the most affordable option in Europe. And the second one was in Los Angeles because we needed a United States server. Mm. The, the next priority was to buy a server in Japan to cover the other part of the globe. Uh, however, it took some time as Japan has the highest prices for servers at the most com- and the most complex contract terms. So by the end of two, 2013, we had released three app updates uh, with improved push notification system, Japanese and Korean localizations, and much more improvements to stability and connection speed. And the next, gotcha. Yeah, and the next two years were very fruitful because we released a new version of the app with completely fresh new design to better fit customer needs. Uh, the user interface became more intuitive and easy to manage. And we finally became available on macOS, Microsoft Windows, and Linux. So finally, our users could use VPN Unlimited on all their devices. Wow, that's that's fantastic! And uh, forgive me for maybe not knowing this, or you know, maybe this is an obvious question that I didn't realize. Um, so you guys actually own all of this. This makes sense as I'm saying it now. Uh, you guys own the servers that you're routing traffic to, right? You don't just like find. Uh, some waypoint to route the traffic to? Uh, we control those servers, like f- have a full control on them. Yeah, and I, that makes, like I said, as I'm saying it, that makes, may, makes way more sense because uh, uh, you want to make sure that you understand all the traffic yeah. or that you are keeping all of that data safe, right? That yeah, no yeah. one's like hijacking a, the data. As a company that provides uh, security services, we need to have control on all the servers because they are used to transfer our users' data. And it's very important for us to keep it safe. Awesome. Fantastic. And and so uh, what are your plans for the future of um, VPN Unlimited? <laughs> it has became much better. So, I mean, well, we certainly don't intend to rest on our laurels. Uh, much remain to be done in terms of improvements of Keep Solid VPN Unlimited. And uh, as you mentioned, the net neutrality, it's also important for us to support the net neutrality and freedom of speech on the internet by providing equal access to the web content uh, to people around the world. 
And that's why we are focusing our efforts on improving our custom VPN protocol called Keep Solid Wise. Nice, nice, very nice. Um, that's that's fantastic to hear. Um, and as we wrap up, I do need to ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? A trade secret? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's pretty simple and obvious. Uh, when you sell to people, you must talk to them and learn what they think about your product because at the end of the day, your clients are the driving force of your business. And uh, what I like is if you don't take care of your clients, someone else will. If I love that. If you don't take care of your clients, someone else will. Yeah, that right. is a great note to end the show on. Yuri, thanks for joining me. How can people find you? Uh, just I'm on LinkedIn and uh, I think you can contact just our support team and ask them to provide uh, my contacts. All right. I will uh, link those both in the show notes. Yuri, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> Have a good day, Joe. Thanks so much to Yuri for joining us today. I really loved his advice about products, uh, talking to your users, and of course, privacy. Um, I, I really liked this interview. It's generally different from what we usually talk about on the show, and that's always good to mix it up a little bit. My question of the week for you is, do you use a VPN? And if so, which one? Let me know by emailing me, joe at howibuilt.it, or on Twitter, at jcasabona. For all of the show notes, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash 118. Thanks again so much to our sponsors, Plesk, Castos, and Pantheon. If you liked this episode, be sure to uh, rate it, leave a review maybe, over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people discover the show. So to continue the story of how I'm building this class, uh, this course, launch your podcast in three days. Last week, I talked about the inception, the idea and where it came from. And generally, my follow-up question is, what kind of research did you do? Well, let me tell you, I did not do much research. I already know how to make a podcast website. I figured the few conversations I had at Podcast Movement were good enough for me to build out this idea. And I talked to a few other people in the space who might help promote it. But... Uh, after I built the course, I realized I didn't do a very good job of building authority or buzz around the course. I also realized that while my course is priced differently from Pat Flynn's, for example, it doesn't give a whole view of the podcasting process from start to finish. It takes this one thing and teaches people how to do that. And that's a that's maybe too small of a niche um, because people are basically coming in midstream. Uh, and my target was podcasters and not freelancers who need to build podcast websites. So uh, with that, I had more conversations with folks, um, 
people who decided not to buy the course, I got uh, some feedback that it was too expensive. I got feedback that they were hoping for uh, the gear to buy and how to set up the gear and how to record your first episode and things like that and stuff I wasn't really covering. So with that, those conversations I was having with folks, uh, I decided to revamp the outline and really take a deep dive into other podcasting courses to see what they were offering and how I could differentiate myself uh, and what kind of pricing works. So uh, I've settled on the 100 to $150 range. Uh, it's currently $100 right now, and I'm adding a ton of content to it as I record this. So uh, I think the biggest takeaways were that I did the whole course without much research um, into what people actually wanted, a mistake that I should have known not to make from hosting this show, uh, because that's a, a big piece of advice I get a lot. But also, um, I'm, I'm also correcting the course. So, uh, <laughs> no pun intended there. I am taking feedback and conversations I had, and I think I'm, I'm building out something that I believe people really want and something I can be really excited about. And the other side of that is I'm, I'm taking time to build authority too. I'm putting out more podcast related content. I am doing more webinars and talks on how to start podcasts. And that's going to establish the trust that I need to establish with this course. People like you who listen to the show know I know what I'm doing. But if somebody doesn't listen to my podcast, they might be wondering, what does this guy know? about podcasting. So if you want to learn more about the course or the journey, uh, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash podcast. Uh, and over there, you'll also get a exclusive deal uh, where you can get the course for 50% off. And that's, that includes free lifetime updates uh, by using the code BUILD, B-U-I-L-D. So thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>